Good evening. Merry Christmas. Welcome. Welcome to our service. I know we have a lot of visitors tonight, and we are really glad you're here. Uh, just to give you what is going to happen tonight, we're going to read some scriptures together. Um, we're going to enjoy singing some Christmas carols together. Uh, we're going to light some candles. That should be really exciting. So uh, just know that we do have fire extinguishers, so we should all be okay. Um, we're also hopefully going to worship the risen Christ, because that is ultimately what Christmas is all about, is celebrating the coming of Jesus and celebrating everything that his life and death and resurrection brings into our life. So the first thing that we want to do is we want to meditate on the idea of hope. Um, before I do that, I'm going to pray for us. I'm also going to ask if you've got like a big gap of seats in the middle, if you can scoot in, because we still have some people kind of making their way in in the back. So there's a way you can make the empty seats a little more available to people to get to. Let me pray for us, and then we'll get, get started. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. And we thank you for everything that his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection brings to us. God, you are good, and you have fulfilled your promises to us. We thank you for that. We pray that you'd help us to worship you and to celebrate you. God, you know that um, in our culture, in this time and place, Christmas is full of a lot of busyness. So we just want to pause and take a deep breath and celebrate you. Celebrate your goodness to us. And we ask that you'd help us to do that by your spirit and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a reading from Genesis. I will put enmity between the serpent and the woman, between his offspring and her offspring. The son of woman shall crush the serpent's head, and the serpent shall crush his heel. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now I will read the top part that says leader and you will respond with the underlined part, okay? Are you ready? The light of Christ calls us to hope in him. Jesus, Jesus you, you are, are hope. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.
that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Shall come to thee, Rejoice, rejoice, 
take a seat. Just as the coming of Jesus brings hope, and he is the fulfillment of ancient prophecy, the coming of Jesus also brings love. Jesus is a picture of what love is supposed to be. He is the reality of love. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The light of Christ reveals God's love for us. Amen. Let's stand together. Well, this has become sort of a tradition for us, singing this song together. This may not be one you know super well, but uh, it's fun for our kiddos especially. So uh, just talking about the love of God and Jesus. So let's sing these words out together.
Amen. You guys can take a seat. All right. We are now going to enjoy a little story for the kids. And so if you are like in elementary school or younger, if you want to make your way to the front, parents, if you don't think your kids can make it, uh, come with them. Just come on up front. We're going to have a little story time right up here with my lovely wife. The kids can sit on the stairs. Kids, if you want to sit on the steps there, you can sit there. She can show you the pictures in the story. Wow, there's so many of them. That's right, a growing church. God's grace. Look at this. This is awesome. They keep coming. All right. <laughs> Love it. Hey, kids, you can sit on the floor, too, if you'd like. Some of you can sit up there. Yeah. I know. It's good. And I think the... Uh, I think we still need to turn that mic on, Autumn. <laughs> I can help you. There you go. I think you're live. You need a bigger stage. Um, Miss Jen, I think you're a little. Um, need to get a bigger stage next year. Yes. Okay. Great. All right. Um, okay, so I'm glad you guys are all here, especially some of you who are surprising me. Thanks for coming. Um, I have a story to share with you tonight. Um, do you have this book? Sweet. I'm going to read it to you for the 50th time. Merry Christmas to you. And it's called, it's called The Legend of the Candy Cane. Sweet. I'm going to read it to you too. And it's got really pretty pictures. I have this book. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. The Legend of the Candy Cane. One dreary evening in the depths of November, a stranger rode into town. He stopped his horse in front of a lonely storefront. The windows were boarded shut, and the door was locked fast. The man looked at it, and he smiled, and he said, It'll do. All through the gray, short days and the long, dark nights of December, that man worked. The townspeople could hear the faint bam, bam, bam of his hammer and the snish, snish, snish of his saw. But no one knew what that man was doing or who that man was. Here's a picture. The mayor hoped that he was a doctor to heal all of the illnesses, and the young wives hoped that he was a tailor to make beautiful dresses. The farmers hoped that he was a trader to exchange their grain for goods, but the children, they had the strongest, deepest wish of all. It was a secret wish that none of them would say out loud. No one spoke to that man. No one asked if he needed help. They just waited, and they wondered, and they watched, and they wished. It's super funny. 
<laughs> but one girl watched and wondered and waited and wished longer than she could stand it. And one snowy day, that girl knocked on that stranger's door. Hello, she said. My name's Lucy. Do you need some help? The man smiled, and he nodded, and then he opened up the door, and Lucy stepped inside. Why don't you help me unpack, the man said. Lucy's heart sank at the sight of all of the boxes and the bags and the barrels. What if they were just barrels of nails and bags of flour? But she removed her dripping boots, and she hung her coat on a peg, and on her stocking feet, she crossed the rough wooden floor and knelt beside a crate. Please open that, said the man. Slowly, Lucy put her hand into the box and pulled out an object wrapped in tissue paper. Round and heavy, it almost slipped through her fingers. Lucy trembled a little bit as she unpacked it. It was a glass jar. Hmm. Lucy gave the man a puzzled look. Go on, he said. So she unpacked another glass jar and another and another until she was completely surrounded by jars of all shapes and sizes. Now, the man said, for something to put inside it. And he pulled a huge crate stamped with a strange word next to Lucy. As Lucy unpacked that one, her eyes lit up. It was candy. She popped one in her mouth when the man said to try some. She could hardly unwrap the next box fast enough. Peppermint sticks, taffy, lollipops, chewing gum. Wide-eyed, she looked at the man. He wished, she said. I know, I know, he said. And here it is. Welcome to Sonneman's Candy Store. I am John Sonneman. Soon, the small store was filled with candies, gleaming in their glass jars. There were raspberry suckers, tiny lemon drops, brightly colored jawbreakers, and long tangles of licorice, pink and white peppermints for church, and butterscotch for the company. Then, in the very last package, in the very last crate, was a candy that Lucy had never, ever seen before, a red and white striped candy stick with a little crook on the end. What's this? said Lucy. This, Mr. Sonneman explained, is a candy cane. It's a very special Christmas candy. Why? Lucy asked. Tell me, Mr. Sonneman said. What letter does it look like? And Lucy took the candy and she turned it around in her hand. It looks like a J, she said. Yes, said Mr. Sonneman. J is for joy and also for Jesus. Right, who was born on Christmas Day. Now you should turn it over, Mr. Sonneman said. Now what does it remind you of? Lucy turned the candy in her hand, and she peered down at it intently. I know, she said finally. It looks like a shepherd's staff. And who were the first to find out about Jesus' birth, Mr. Sonneman asked? The shepherds in the field, exactly, Lucy answered, watching over their flocks by night. But Mr. Sonneman, 
What are those stripes for? Lucy asked. And then the man's eyes grew sad. The prophet Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed. Before he died on the cross, Jesus was whipped. And he bled terribly. The red reminds us of his suffering and his blood. But then, Mr. Sonneman continued, the candy's also white, he said. And when we give our lives to Jesus, his blood washes away our sins and makes us white and pure as snow. And that, he said, is the story of the candy cane. Is that a secret? Lucy asked. Mr. Sonneman looked <clears throat> at her face for a long time. Oh, no. It is a story that needs to be told, he said. Will you help me share that story? Now it was December, and it was blizzardy, and the snow came for days and days. The sun hid itself, but every single morning, Mr. Sonneman and Lucy ventured out. They wore heavy woolen coats and bright hand-knit scarves, and in their stiff-mittened fingers, they each carried a bag. They went to every single house in town. They traveled to every farm in the country. They knocked on every single door. And in every home, they told that story. They left a small gift, and they also gave an invitation. And on the afternoon of Christmas Eve, the sun finally broke through the clouds, and Sonneman's candy store opened officially. The mayor came, feeling better than he'd felt in days. The young wives came dressed already in beautiful smiles, and the farmers came, eager to trade their grain for Christmas gifts. The children ran in dizzy circles. Their wish had come true. Yes, they had come to share in the opening of the candy store, but they shared something more, something bigger, and something better. On that Christmas Eve, they shared the story of the candy cane. They told the miracle of Christ's birth, the misery of his death, and the mercy of his love. And that is exactly what we're here to celebrate today. Isn't that fun? So let me, um, yeah, exactly. So I actually have a candy cane for all of you, but I'm going to um, say a quick prayer. And then on your way back, you can come get a candy cane from Pastor Dave. All right. God, we are so thankful um, for the story of the candy cane, for the things that it reminds us of. And we are so thankful for Christmas Eve and the fact that we can celebrate. I'm thankful for all of these children who are here today. And I ask that you would take us safely um, and thoughtfully to our celebrations this evening. In Christ's name, amen.
children, can you say claustrophobic? She went back to her mama. Hey, Jackie, where are you? Oh, there she is. There's your mama right there. Oh, you don't like candy canes? Okay. You want one? I forgot to mention, kids, if you're allergic to candies or cane or sugar, do not eat those until you ask mommy and daddy, okay? Well, Jesus also brings joy. That's why we celebrate. Um, sometimes we're not feeling the joy, and it helps to sing. And so that's part of what we're doing tonight. The story tells us in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Ali from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The light of Christ fills us with the joy of his presence. Jesus, you are our joy. 
Amen. Let's stand together. Put your hands together, let's sing these words out.
again. Jesus also comes to bring peace. We don't always feel uh, like life is full of peace. As a matter of fact, we know it's not. But the promise of the gospel is that what Jesus has accomplished is fulfilling now and ultimately will complete our peace. John 14, we're told, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The light of Christ frees us and allows us to share in his peace. One of the ways that we find peace in this world is we're reminded of the promises of God. So I want to share with you a little bit from God's Word. If you have a Bible, you can open it, and if you don't, we're going to cover some territory you've heard before in John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, we're told, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then verse 16 tells us, from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Let me pray for us and ask God to comfort us tonight. God, we pray that you would teach us from your word. We thank you that in a world that is not at peace, you promise peace to us, a different kind of peace, a supernatural peace from the outside. We thank you for the incarnation. We thank you for the reality that you took on flesh, that you dwelled among us, that you became one of us, but you were different. For all of us have sinned and fallen short of your glory, but you never sinned. You never did wrong, and you died for us. You gave yourself for us as the perfect sacrifice. We thank you for that. We celebrate that at Christmas time. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when I was a very young child, I can remember uh, loving to get 
presents at Christmas time. Anyone here remember getting presents? Got pretty excited about that? Some of you, a few of you, okay. Children, any of you here hoping that you're going to get some presents? Raise your hand, children. Okay. All right. I loved to get presents, and I still do. Kids, if you want to give me a present, I still love to get presents. Um, I remember one Christmas when I was about four or five years old getting a very, very dear, precious present that I loved. Um, It was a Godzilla. And uh, Godzilla is kind of like a dinosaur, except he's a very special dinosaur because he can shoot fire out of his mouth, children. And so... I really thought that was wonderful when I was five years old, and I was so excited about it, and you could pull a little lever on his head, and the fire would shoot out. It wasn't real fire. It was pretend fire, um, but I was still pretty excited about it, and I remember this one Christmas. My, my dad wasn't able to be with me, and I know sometimes kids or even adults, sometimes you don't get to be with the people you love at Christmas time, and that can make us sad, but I was happy. I got to talk to him on the phone. I got to talk to my dad on the phone and tell him about the wonderful Godzilla present I had been given. And so I can remember telling him on the phone with joy about this wonderful Godzilla present that I'd gotten, trying to describe it. And I thought, and again, I was kind of young. Kids, y'all were probably smarter than I was back then, but I was four or five, and I held the phone up to the Godzilla, thinking that somehow he could, he could see the Godzilla through the phone. Now, Today we have phones that you can see through, right? So I like to think I was just ahead of my time. But back then it didn't work like that. And he couldn't see it. And I kept holding the phone up to the Godzilla and he couldn't see it. Um, That story reminds me of what it's like living in the world that we live in. Sometimes we we just want to be with our Heavenly Father and we, we feel like there's this distance, right? And we know we can talk to him. But we want to see him, we want to touch him, we want to hug him, we want to be with him. And the Bible tells us that God, our Heavenly Father, really does love us. And he really does pursue us. And Christmas is the story about God coming after us. So that he could be with us, so he could make everything right. The word Christ means the anointed one. It means he's the hero that saves us and makes everything okay. And so I just want to share three ideas with you from John chapter 1. The first idea is it tells us that this Christ, this Jesus, made everything. And so when we go outside on a beautiful day like today, it doesn't feel very Christmassy, but it's gorgeous out there, right? just cold enough. I see you all put on your sweaters, but it's not really cold. It's that in-between kind of Texas Christmas weather. And it's just gorgeous. The sun is shining. And when we go outside and we see the sun shining or we see a tree or we hear a bird chirping, Romans chapter 1 tells us we know God is there and we know that he made all these things. And it goes so far to say in Romans chapter 1 that when we deny that God made all these things and that he's a wonderful creator, we're just suppressing the truth that we already know. And so that's the first thing that we're reminded of in this passage. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and He he made all things, yet we didn't receive Him, we didn't honor Him. The, The other thing that this passage reminds us of is that He's a saving God. That even though we didn't receive Him, even though we'd turned our own way, even though we'd done other things, it says that He gives us the right to become children of God. In verse 11, it says, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And so the Christmas story is reminding us of the Savior who was born as a baby, but also lived as a substitute. He lived the life we should have lived, and he died the death we should have died. And so at Christmas time, we remember not only the birth of the baby, but the life of a man who stood in our place, who became our substitute, and in that way became our rescuer and our hero. And then the final thing that I want to point out from this passage that I think is important to remember is the idea that he became flesh. He was one of us. God knows what it's like. He, he came here. He lived here. He was a part of the world we live in. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us that he's a, he's a priest that can sympathize with us. He gets it. He knows what it's like. Life was hard for him, and life is hard for us. And he understands. And he's lived just like we lived. And he's been betrayed like we've been betrayed, and he's been hurt like we've been hurt. But he never sinned. And that's the one way that he was different. And so he became flesh. He became one of us, and he knows what it's like to be us. We read earlier from the Christmas story in Luke, and it reminds us that the king of the universe, the God that made all things, became a little baby. He was, he was born in the way that we're born. He cried. He had to have his needs taken care of by human beings who he had formed. He, he was born into a manger. He, his, his birth, his delivery room was, was not the clinical environment that most of us were born into, but a feeding trough. And so the story reminds us of the great lengths to which God goes to communicate with us, to show his love for us. And so my prayer is that at Christmas time you would remember that the glory of this, this story that is at the heart of what Christmas is, that God came for us, that he loves us. You might feel distant from him. You might desire to see him, and the message is you can see him. As a matter of fact, Jesus' disciples expressed the same frustration to Jesus. Jesus' disciples expressed the same anguish that we feel, like when you can't see your husband or your wife or your father or your mother and can't be with them at Christmas time and you long to hug them and you long to see their face and to squeeze them tight and you miss them and you, f- you feel this distance. Jesus' followers, he felt that same distance from God. There was one of his followers that said this to, to Jesus and John chapter 14. Let me read this to you. In John chapter 14, verse 6, or verse 5 and 6, Thomas, the one called Doubting Thomas, like all of us, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Okay. He's saying, you know the way. You know me. Trust me. I'm the way. You've seen the Father. You've been with God. No more separation. They, they still had questions. They were still struggling. In verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Just show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. Let, let us see him. Let's, let us at least Skype with him, right? Can we do a video chat? Could you just let us see him for a second? Maybe just brief glimpse. And Jesus says this. 
Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak in my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Jesus' answer is that if we feel this distance from God, if we feel separated from him, if we long to be with him the same way we long to be with a loved one at Christmas time, the answer is if we know Jesus, that separation can be over. That Jesus is the one that bridges the gap so that we can know God, so that we can be at peace with him. The Apostle Paul goes so far as to say that if you've heard the story proclaimed of who Jesus is, you have vividly, graphically seen Jesus crucified, dead for you, so that you can have life. That's the Christmas story, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. I want to invite all of you, if you don't know the Father, if you don't feel like you have a relationship with the Father, to come to him through Jesus to pursue Jesus, to explore the story of Jesus, to understand better who Jesus is. I'd love to talk to you more about that personally. I'd encourage you to read the story of Jesus. We've been reading snippets of it all night long. Hopefully that's whetted your appetite for more. I encourage you as we head towards a new year to pursue Jesus, to become a follower of Jesus, to end the separation that we feel between us and God. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your grace that you've shown us. We thank you for the goodness you've given to us in Jesus, and that's why we celebrate tonight. God, every feast, every song, every piece of candy brings us great joy, but it pales in comparison to knowing you. And so, God, we thank you that you are both the one that made us and made these good things, but you also made us for a relationship with you, and I I pray that you would show us how to have that relationship. God, we feel just like Thomas. We feel just like Philip. We don't, we don't know where you're going. We don't know where you are. We, we want to see you. We want to know you. Help us to have the eyes of faith so that we can see you. Help us to know you through Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll now enjoy uh, lighting our final candle together, the Christ candle. And this is where you get to play your part. So parents, we're trusting you to a great de- degree to uh, help your kids. Um, we've, we're putting fire into your hands here. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to light the Christ candle after we read our responsive reading. And we've got uh, one lighter at the back. And we're going to purposefully let the flames move slowly across the room. That kind of sounds weird to say it like that. Um, the flames will move slowly across the room. We're going to dim the lights a little more. And we're going to sing one final song together as... as the candles move forward. So you'll, you'll light each other's candles and it'll move up and down the rows. Okay? Everybody ready? Fire extinguishers on standby? Okay. The light of Christ leads us to shine for others. Out this silent night, 
so tender and light. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Let's sing together that last verse. Son of God loves pure light. Let's just let the voices ring out. Silent night, holy night, Son of God. One more back. Let's sing this out. See Jesus, and you will see the Father. Amen? Christ is born. Live for him. Merry Christmas. You can uh, cautiously and gently make your way to the back of the room. Um, You can extinguish your flame whenever you want to. I would just say be careful because the wax, you might want to guard it. You might have noticed we have little white flickers all over our chairs. The wax goes everywhere, so be careful. And there's a box at the back of the room as well. God bless you. Thank you.